Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisey, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. This kind of fits in with the subject of this uh, particular podcast, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, folks. And unfortunately for the Denver area, that light is blinding snow. And we may be buried for a while under some pretty heavy, wet March snow. Uh, anywhere up to two feet for Denver sucks, but it is what it is. Um, on, the, on the flip side of that, you got like a day and a half. As of this recording, I'm recording this on Thursday. Then there's Friday. It's not supposed to be starting until Friday night. So you've got time for about a day. Go down to Blanchard Family Wines. Get yourself a bottle of the 2017 Cabernet my personal recommendation, or you can get the Pinot. Uh, these are Sonoma County grapes in California, so obviously Pinot is their specialty. They also have whites. Uh, they have blends. they got partnerships with Western Slope wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars. Um, Storm Cellars uh, specializes in Riesling, so is that, if that's your thing, they've got it. Uh, if you're like me, can't really get down there yet until you're vaccinated or feel safe, uh, go to bfwdenver.com. And uh, you can get yourself a um, bottle of the 2017 Cabernet. You can get anything that they got there on their website. You can have it delivered, uh, shipped, or you can have it uh, picked up curbside. And if you're going to do that, I would suggest you do it by f- tomorrow. Because um, it's going to be a few days, folks, that we're going to be buried under the snow. What better way to kind of keep yourself company than to go to Blanchard Family Wines and get yourself a bottle. Um, keep yourself warm uh, while things are snowing outside in Denver. It is what it is, folks. Um, go to bfwdenver.com and also uh, get your virtual wine tasting. Those are extremely popular. You have to book them out probably a month in advance. Uh, so go get them while they're hot. Get them while they're available because uh, they're pretty, They're pretty. Uh, well, I would say more than pretty, but they're extremely popular. Um, like I said, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Not only is snow, but... Vaccinations are ramping up. Restrictions are being lifted. People can breathe a little. Um, just kind of like keep that in mind. And uh, Blanchard Family Wines should be your location if you want to go and have a, a drink or two. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, uh, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in or you talk to them or when you visit, visit bfwdenver.com, Tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, today is a ominous anniversary, and, and I, it, it really is one that's worth commemorating in a, in a, in a sense. Um, there is going to be, and there has been, a million of these of uh, what happened March 11th, 2020, pieces. Uh, Mike Sanger has one up on the Denver Post. Um, obviously, it's big. It's a big moment. Um, I, I, my, from my own personal perspective, I have to look at it from my lens. My life changed in August of 2019. Uh, the journey that my brother took with leukemia has affected my entire family. And my journey to difference began six months before everyone else, seven months. Um, 
I had to isolate myself in February of last year. My, it was February 25th, was the last Nuggets game I attended. And even before that, I had really, really restricted myself in activity. Um, so my journey to what, whatever this has become was already being introduced well before everyone else's life changed. Um, if we look at it from a sports perspective and we look at how things changed, if you're, if we're really kind of honest, um, the NBA started talking about coming back in April of that year. Um, last year, it, w- it was really everything changed in a sense that uh, it was paused, but the activity of sports really was starting to come back uh, by the time we reach uh, April, late April. Um, golf tournaments were starting to go on, at least by May. Um, people were itching to get into that point. And if we remember the summer of last year, there was a, I wouldn't say a lull, but particularly in Colorado, cases weren't high. Um, we were still largely restricted, but cases were, were you know, we were averaging um, very few cases a day of COVID. And there seemed to be a little more hope before, obviously, the late summer happened and then the winter fall into winter surge happened. But as far as sports goes, it's amazing how this, this particularly uh, the NBA, it is amazing how it kind of shaped the psyche of the general public. Um, when you think about it, the, the NBA's bubble season started in July. Uh, so... Um, April, May, June. Three months. There was three months between when the bubble started and when they decided to do, or to, when the uh, the the, the uh, shutdown happened, and then when the bubble started. And obviously, it was something that everyone was thinking about. The night of March eleventh to twenty twenty was weird. I was. It was. And and there's some revisionist history here. Okay. Uh, Rudy Gobert and his antics at a press presser, which I believe was the ninth, already had set people on edge. All right, and then um, maybe the day before. So what happened after Gobert tested positive? Um, was it maybe maybe it was two three days ago? I, I, I need to I need to refresh my memory, but it was a few days before the actual shutdown happened. Gobert testing positive obviously set shockwaves through the league, and which inevitably led to the shutdown. I have a, the news came down right, uh, believe around halftime or maybe a little before, of the Nuggets game, and then people were informed. It was kind of this weird. It was kind of like the day Kobe died. How how people were kind of in shock, and that was you know just a few months before. Um, this was similar. You could tell it was an ESPN game. Uh, people were stunned. There was an eerie pall that came over the arena in Dallas, and it was just it was just weird. But we got to remember that things were heading this way a week before. They were already restricting 
where reporters could stand. They were keeping them well back of where players could be. They were limiting um, locker room access. This wasn't a sudden thing, folks. This had been ramping up for a while. And considering we had the first case of COVID, official case of COVID, in late January, um, more and more evidence has come piling up that the, the COVID was here in January, basically early January, even December of 2019. So there is a... We were prepared, but we weren't. And there was a sense of reality that happened that day. And Tom Hanks and his wife uh, tested positive that day as well in Australia. And it was a it was a, just a day of news. And then the next day, the twelfth, I would say the NBA's issue obviously was the bellwether, but the the, the real day of significance was the next day. That is when the NCAA tournament uh, was canceled. That is when uh, an NHL suspended. That is when, obviously, we already knew about the NBA. It was really the 12th that things shit hit the fan, basically. But the 11th was the, was the canary in the coal mine, which it really shouldn't have been. I really do think that, I think we're, we're, when we're talking about it, what Rudy Gobert did in touching all the reporters' microphones, that was kind of brought up a, f- a sense of fear, a sense of paranoia that we didn't face before. Luckily for me, I mean, the Nuggets, I believe it was the ninth, or the eighth or the ninth was the uh, uh, Jamal Murray dunk game. It was the ninth. Um, uh, against Milwaukee, and that was the last home game. I was sitting there, I'll never forget, I'm sitting there and watching the game on the television, and I couldn't escape the thought that the people I knew in the media there were risking getting exposed to COVID. Personally, I, I just, I mean, February, and it's sometime in like early, like mid-February, I had to take my brother uh, to a doctor's appointment in the Stapleton area. And a lady came in. This is really where it was hammered home to me. It was a doctor's appointment for like, uh, I don't know, something to do with the stomach. Um, chemo is terrible, folks. It's, it destroys your body. And uh, there's obviously semi-consequences with that. So he had to go to this different area, different, not away from St. Luke's to have a biopsy done on something on his stomach. And I had to take him to this appointment. It was an outpatient procedure that they doped him up real good. And uh, he called me three times and has no memory of it. That's, that's how doped up he was, <laughs> the doctor. But anyway, uh, there is a, there was a, I was in the lobby, just sitting in the lobby. And the lady comes in, coughing, and sneezing, and looking like death. And she walked right by me, and I panicked, and I left the building and sat in the car. Um, and this is mid-February. We're not talk people. We're not talking. We're not talking March 11th. This was mid-February, and that was already those thoughts happening. Um, so. It really wasn't 
March 11th. What it was, was the, 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 the reality of it became extremely public. Cases had already slightly been going up in Colorado. Washington, in a, in a long-term care facility, had been hit really hard. That was the first state that really got hammered. And then, of course, we saw what happened in New York um, throughout the spring of, of last year. Now, to focus on what it means as far as basketball, I think it, it fundamentally changed the scope of the NBA. Um, and the morals of playing amidst, amidst a pandemic has come up many times. The battle between money, um, losing revenue, and the need to be safe. Uh, NBA players have tested positive throughout this year, um, and it's been dumped into a pile of called acceptable risk. They do a lot of testing, yada, yada. There was nothing more safe than the bubble, which uh, every one of those players will tell you was a miserable experience. Um, no one, it didn't seem like any of the players liked being there. And it was done to f- complete the season. Um, this year's shortened, and they're doing what they're doing right now. Now, this is all done within the context of seeing, as I pointed out in my Blanchard Family Wines read, there is a light at the end of the tunnel here, and it's very big, it's very blazing, it's very white. Uh, Vaccinations have just absolutely been killing it in the United States since Joe Biden was elected, or specifically when he was inaugurated. There is just a, 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 a... you can see the positive effects of the vaccinations on the people who were most vulnerable, and you can see how we have a gateway out of this misery. Particularly, I'm quite frankly, folks, you all, you all know that I have been isolated for a long time. I'm looking forward to the day I get vaccinated, very much so. I'm looking forward to the day my brother actually gets vaccinated. Uh, for some reason, people who have cancer are not a priority in this scenario, and it's, it's, I, I, I don't know why. But same time, my dad finally got his first dose in February, and he's going to get another one here in a, in a week and a half. I'll be very thankful when he gets both of those in and he can walk a little freer. I'll be looking forward to hopefully getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. That's the one I would prefer, but listen, I'll take whatever I get. Um, there is just a... There's a sense of hope. Now, Jared Dudley made some troubling comments last week about some serious vaccine hesitancy. And it makes you wonder how prevalent that is in the NBA. You don't, you don't know. Um, that's his choice. Uh, but if I was talking to the players, I would relay my story about having to be thoroughly and completely isolated for a year, not being able to travel, not being able to do much. I mean, I haven't been inside a store for over a year, folks. That is what I, I mean, because I went to the store, his funny story, everything was shutting down. I went to the store the next day and this is pre mask mandate. We had some uh, masks at the uh, at, at our house, um, 
and they were actually pretty sturdy medical grade masks. And I don't know why we had them, but we, we had them. Um, and I went to Safeway to get the groceries. This is the day after, um, there was about five other people there who were wearing masks. Everyone was without one. If I am looking upon, like looking back on that, looking back on that experience, uh, I probably wouldn't have gone into the into the store, right? Because you put in yourself, I was lucky. There wasn't any virus heading through the store, and I was wearing a mask. And the people around me were wearing wearing a mask, other than the cashier. Um. But we had it. We we were, I got the stuff, didn't get sick. And, but that's the last time I went inside the, uh, inside the store. That's the last time I saw the greater public. Um, and that that is really shocking when you think about it. But it's been shocking for everyone. Um, where the NBA goes from here, I don't know. Um I, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and, you, and like I said, the Jared Dudley's comments, which I, 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 I suggest everyone goes and reads on his Twitter account, um, it d- displays that there is some work to do within the NBA as far as players getting vaccinated. They're not eligible right now, but when they are, you would hope that they would take it. You would hope. You understand why there's African-American people who would maybe be a little hesitant on this, and you get it. But in the grand scheme of things, you would hope that for the greater good, people would, everyone would get vaccinated. Uh, that is our gateway out. And I see a pathway, very bright, shiny orb of light that's pointing us to a different way. We may never be, quote unquote, completely normal, but what is that, right? Um, if I can go see my friends, I'll be happy. And I think that should be the standard that we all hold ourselves to. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSC Network. I will be back soon with another episode. Talk to you later.